The Milwaukee Health Briefing is sponsored by Community Care's PACE program. Set your independence in motion. Happy to be joined in studio by Dr. John Raymond. He is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. We must start with your favorite way to cook a turkey, Dr. Raymond. Um, I, I'm going to have to go with what Tim Sheehy said. Let somebody, somebody else, else yeah. cook it yeah. for me. But I, I like it oven-baked. You don't get the big deep fryer out to, uh, no, on Thursday no, and no. load it up? And... I've seen too many people in the emergency room with deep fryer accidents. That, that is true. Well, tryptophan is an ingredient found in turkey, and it knocks people out. Sleep? This time of year, really any time of year, that is a bipartisan issue, Dr. Raymond. We all want to sleep better. Can sleep make us happier, a proper night's sleep? Yeah, surprisingly, uh, or maybe not so surprisingly, a good night's sleep uh, does improve the mood. And there are good scientific studies to, that show that. And on the converse, people that don't sleep well are more prone to anxiety and depression. It makes sense, uh, but the science supports it as well. Well, it's not just anxiety and depression, right? There are some studies that link it to dementia. Yes. Unfortunately, people that don't sleep well are more prone to develop dementia. There have been some good studies, especially in people over the age of 60, that suggest if you don't get a good night's sleep that you are more likely to develop dementia, and it could be as much as 40% more likely. So I never had a problem sleeping growing up, and my brother didn't either. My wife, Emily, sometimes has trouble sleeping. One of our children, one of our daughters, has a little more active of a mind at night than our other. She sleeps a little more inconsistently than our other younger daughter. Melatonin has become, for whatever reason, popular for adults and for some kids to sort of calm their nerves, calm their mind, shut things down, slow things down. Are there there risk to having melatonin as a, a supplement in your medicine cabinet to be used to sort of make a night's sleep what you want it to be? Really hard to answer that question, Greg. So melatonin is produced by the pineal gland in the brain. It regulates circadian rhythm and promotes sleep. Um, so we know that, and it's a natural hormone. But what you're talking about would either be synthetic melatonin or melatonin that's extracted from an animal and put in a gummy or a pill. And the problem is that melatonin is not a drug, it's a supplement, so it's not as heavily regulated, and we don't necessarily know what the concentration of melatonin is in a gummy or a pill, Um, especially gummies look like candy, so it's possible that kids could eat too many of them. Um, So I think it's an open question right now. For the most part, though, taken in moderation, probably a reasonable safety profile. One of the things that was really surprising to me was that there was a recent article in JAMA Pediatrics from the University of Colorado that estimated that one in five kids in the U.S. under the age of five is taking melatonin to help with sleep. That's amazing. That that seems so high, and it seems, I, I don't know how new of a phenomenon or thought that is, but I don't recall that ever growing up. Very new. Estimates were 10 years ago, it was 1% to 2%. Hmm. And have any of the studies found any issues with possible addiction? Maybe not a physical addiction, but mentally that, hey, I can't sleep because this supplement is doing something to the brain to make me relax and I've become reliant on it? Yeah, not that I'm aware of, but I think it, it is interesting because it could send a signal to kids that you can take a pill for everything. If you have trouble sleeping, you take a pill. If you have other issues, you might take a pill. Uh, something that we, we don't deal with in, in the Matzik household, I'm thankful for it, sleepwalking. This can be scary. 
I've known families with children who could start their sleep process upstairs and they end up in the kitchen and they don't know that they've opened the refrigerator door, right? You've heard stories about this. How dangerous, how common is the idea of sleepwalking and how does it really happen? Yeah, really, really interesting. So uh, this is one of the many parasomnias, which is a sleep disorder associated with abnormal behavior while sleeping or coming out of a, out of sleep. And sleepwalking is just one manifestation of that. People can have... Um, sensory and emotional changes, vocal or motor behaviors during sleep and not even be aware of it. So um, something simple like teeth grinding or bruxism is a sleep disorder, Um, something called exploding head syndrome, Hmm. where people wake up thinking they heard a loud noise next to their head, Um, nightmares, night terror, sleep hallucinations, sleep paralysis, even sleep eating um, or um, uh, sleep driving. So obviously, if you're not awake and alert, you're not aware that you're doing those things, you could actually cause danger to yourself and others, especially with sleepwalking or sleep driving. Is, that, it, is sleepwalking more common in children than adults? Um, yes. Um, up to 50% of kids under the age of five have at least one episode of what we would call sleepwalking or somnambulism. As you get older, that mostly goes away. Um, and you asked how many people can get it. Like I said, under about 50% of kids under the age of five, it's been estimated that 2 to 15% of adults have some manifestation of a sleep hmm. disorder. It, it, if, if I am a sleepwalker or if I have sleepwalked in the past, does that usually mean that, is it a one-time thing or is it always going to be a chronic? And I guess my follow-up to myself would be, are there ways that I can get myself out of it? Like, can I train myself in some way? Yeah, really good question. Um, The answer is some people only have it happen once and others have it happen chronically. You can um, have uh, psychological treatment, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, some medications can help. Um, And if those things don't help, there may be an underlying mental health or anxiety condition that could be treated as well. But if not, you need to safeguard your home and make it sleepwalking proof. Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin, joining us every week here on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. This news button, that was a thing growing up, right? Teenage years, I don't want to get up for school yet. I know some people that set an alarm, and then another one, and then another one, and another one after that. The the, the concept of snoozing, that, that five or ten minutes in between alarms, is that healthy? Should you avoid it? Um, no, you shouldn't avoid it. As, as long as you, you don't do it for more than 30 minutes, it's actually been shown to be of some benefit to people that it makes you more alert when you finally do wake up. Um, you may lose a little bit of deep sleep if you hit the snooze button instead of just having one alarm and, and uh, wake up then. But it's actually healthy. It's fine to hit the snooze button a couple of times. Hey, I want to I ask you quickly about the, the holidays, where, as Greg said, we all want to be sleeping better. We all want to catch up on our eight hours or nine hours a night. If I do have a long travel day or if I am jet lagged or my kids are acting up and I just can't sleep, any ways you suggest on catching up on that sleep? Is it just making sure the next day I'm doing three hours more than normal or are there better ways than that? Well, you know, for jet lag, if you're going east, they say stay up. Uh, as long as you can, and then go go to sleep. And it's a little harder in the other direction. And this is where melatonin um, may actually benefit you in resetting your circadian rhythm. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's really tough, especially this time of year to travel. 
Sitting is the new smoking is the headline in, uh, in what we went back and forth with, Dr. Raymond. Is, is it true that sleeping is better than sitting when it comes to your cardiovascular health? Yeah, there was a large study in five countries that suggested that sitting is really bad and that you should intermittently get up and stand or walk around. And um, people have shown that standing, walking, and even sleeping is better than sitting. Um, now, I wouldn't advocate being at work and finding a place to go snooze <laughs> unless you have a job that's okay with that. Uh, but I think it just highlights the fact that the inactivity that we have when we're sitting down is really detrimental to our overall health. I, I get antsy. Uh, if it's more than like 15 minutes sitting, I, I have to get up, get something to drink, run to the restroom. I have to do something. I, I can't can see that, that in the studio. You stand <laughs> up and up. pace a lot. <laughs> I do. I walk around. Sometimes I'm doing crunches. I got to do something. I have to do mm-hmm. something to stay active. But that's good tips. Very good tips. Dr. Raymond, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving. You are certainly one of the people, one of the many we're thankful for. Thank you for coming in each and every week. Thank you so much. Have a great Thanksgiving you as well. You do the same. You do the same.